0: A podcast one production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is a, a podcast on international politics, international relations, basically anything that is going on in the world that is of interest. We break it down for you, not me necessarily. I'm not that well-versed, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to think so. It is this gentleman here who is very good at making this information accessible and easy to understand, Dr. Keith Souter, a couple of PhDs on international relations and related subjects. You've been a commentator in Australian media for decades now, Dr. Keith. Very well-trusted. We've worked together for a number of years as well, in television as well, and um, my background is radio. My name's Kate Mac. Let's get into this one because it is very timely. It's about... The threats to the new president being Joe Biden in America, it doesn't seem like it's going to be smooth sailing, Keith.
1: No, it's not. Now, of course, it, Biden's got immediate issues at home, particularly COVID, but that, that's not the subject of this report. So this is a report from the Sufain Centre based in the United States, and uh, this puts out very good material, and this one is on what's called geopolitical trends that will pose challenges the Biden administration. So this is all the foreign policy stuff. Remember, Joe Biden has got so much to do at home. He doesn't want to talk about foreign policy. So he wants to leave the world alone, but the world won't leave him alone. And so quite often in any discussion, the question is always, well, what's the United States going to do? And so for four years, we've had Trump very unpredictable and quite often not wanting to be involved at all. So this report is saying, well, we've now got a new administration, the Biden administration, what are the challenges that he faces from overseas, which will have an impact on the United States? So one of them is the, is the growth of far-right extremism. So they've had attacks on uh, synagogues and other places of worship in the United States. In other words, these are people who are being radicalized, perhaps overseas, and then bringing those ideas in. So they're, so they're sitting at home. They're on the internet. They're getting all this stuff on social media and they're being led to believe all sorts of things, and that just feeds into their paranoia about what is going to happen. And of course, what we, you know, there'll be no doubt a continued high sale of guns and ammunition because people are worried that suddenly the US government will try to disarm them. That cannot be done, by the way. You know, it's, it's enshrined in the Constitution. You've got what's called the Second Amendment's rights. You just can't amend that Constitution. So you've always got the right to bear arms. So the... The extremists um, at either end of the spectrum will always be well-armed because they can bring the stuff in. So you've got um, an an emerging extremist issue is COVID vaccinations and people who are going to refuse to be vaccinated because it's a conspiracy.
0: And, of course, you would think in America as well that there would be a huge amount of them, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. So that's going to be a real worry. Now, you've got to get... 70% 70% of the population to be immunised for herd immunity. So it's not clear at the moment that the United States will reach that magic figure.
0: But wouldn't you do things like even here they're going to look at measures by which to punish people if they don't do it, you know, or you get easier access to, you know, government sort of things if you do get it done, for example. Will there be incentives?
1: Yeah, but you could try that at state level, I guess, or county level. It's going to be very difficult at the national level. It's going to require uh, legislation and Biden is going to have difficulty getting legislation through the Senate, even though with the Vice President, she will have the casting vote, a lot of the stuff, but it only requires a Conservative Democrat to cross the floor and vote with the Republicans, and suddenly her casting vote is nullified.
0: And, of course, over there, gosh, it is such a mixing pot, isn't
1: it? It is. You know, we often in Australia think of two main political parties, but in the United States you've got 50 versions of each political party, because they're all state-based and they've all got... And the, the phrase is, all politics is local. So at the end of the day, you're worrying about how you're going to get re-elected, et cetera. So even if you're a Democrat, it doesn't mean you're going to support the White House. And if you're a Republican, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to be supporting Trump or his successors. So one of the threats for uh, Biden is the um, sort of mobilisation of... Extremist groups within the United States who are identifying with what they're going to get from overseas. So you've got the whole question of firearms and ammunition. Because Biden will get more involved with the UN, United Nations, we will end up with all sorts of uh, reignition of long-standing conspiracies about the United Nations running the United States and black helicopters. <laughs> <that'll>... <laughs> what? This is lunatic stuff, and it's there. I know. It's all there on the internet now. You and I don't live in that corner of the internet or that bit of the social media, but as this report makes it quite clear, there's a thriving subculture down there who believe that the United Nations is this communist conspiracy getting ready to take over the United States. After all, they've already got a foothold in the U.S. They've got the head office in New York.
0: Yeah, but that is like, there's that is it. That's it. <laughs> exactly. They don't even seem to have, uh, you know, capabilities to actually accomplish. Pretty much anything at the moment, the UN. Yeah. You
1: know? I know. It's it's crazy. And there are more employees at Disney World than there are at the UN. So it's not a world government (laughs) at all. Actually, that's (laughs) Well, the Premier of New South Wales has more employees than the United Nations Secretary General. Wow. Yeah. It's not a huge organisation. So that's that's, number one, then, is the growth of far-right extremism. So either domestically or being inspired from people overseas. and don't forget you've also got the continuing issue of Islamic extremism. So you've got al-Qaeda, Islamic state, etc. So you've got all of that dimension as well. you know it takes us back to 9/11, um, which will be the 20th anniversary this year. Uh, it's amazing how time flies. but so that was the the, the brutal beginning in a public sense of the war between Al-Qaeda and the United States. Well, they'd have been bubbling on for a few years under Clinton, but that was a really big uh, king hit. So number one, growth of far-right extremism, white terrorism, other forms of terrorism, including, of course, um, Islamic terrorism. That's number one. A second problem for the Biden administration is the whole issue of the continued collapse of weak and failing states. So... Biden will talk a lot about China, and we have to bear China in mind. But at the other end of the spectrum, you've got countries like Afghanistan, Somalia, Yemen, that are failing states or failed states. And remember, they are the breeding grounds for your Islamic terrorists.
0: And despite the fact that the US have had, I guess, military in those neck of the woods for a very long time, nothing's been accomplished.
1: That's right. Well, Afghanistan is now America's longest war. It's going on for 20-odd years. Trump, to his credit, try to get out of Afghanistan, the military wouldn't let him. So the U.S. has continued to be based in Afghanistan. It also has been got involved in other Middle Eastern conflicts. So we, we've got a, a whole issue there of failed states or failing states, and they then spill over into other areas. So if you're a tourist in East Africa, for example, you are as a white person or as anybody, you are vulnerable being caught by some of these groups. All the same in Nigeria, with Boko Haram, which is mainly the northern part of Nigeria. That's an oil-rich country. It's going to be one of the giants in Africa once they can get their act together. But at the moment, they're bogged down in this battle with Boko Haram. Boko Haram means it is forbidden. And it was that was a group that was set up expressly to stop children from being educated in on Western grounds. That's why they stole those girls. They don't believe it's the job of girls to be in schools.
0: I was about to say, that's the um, reference point for everyone, said Boko Haram. How many was it? It was a couple of hundred girls. A couple of hundred, yeah. Yeah.
1: At Chibut, yeah. So they were captured in that little village. Some of them have managed to escape. but So you've got groups like Al-Qaeda, Islamic State, Boko Haram. In fact, (laughs) I'm looking at this report. There's another one here called the Islamic State Khorasan Province. They talk about the black flag of Khorasan. So that's the black flag that appears occasionally, including, of course, here at Martin Place when we had that incident at Martin Place opposite Channel 7. So that's the the black flag of Khorasan. So you've you've got people who've got so many different factions. So it makes it very difficult to monitor all that's going on. And also, of course, the factions will fight among themselves. And it's worth bearing in mind that the largest single group of victims of Islamic terrorism have actually been Muslims because they are seen as not being pure enough as per the thinking of either Sunni or Shia. So although we in the West feel very vulnerable, we are not necessarily the major target. We are the collateral damage. So a second challenge then for Joe Biden is how on earth you deal with failing states.
0: You're listening to Global Truth with Dr. Keith Souter. We're talking today about the threats that face Joe Biden, the new president in America. You know, some people would have thought, oh, gosh, you know, having Trump at the helm for so many years, he'll have it easy in terms of, you know, turning things back around. But of course he doesn't. There are a lot of challenges facing him. And we're just talking about a number of those, Keith.
1: Yep. So uh, a third one that's been identified in this uh, report by the Sufain Center in the United States is cyber warfare. This is a good example about how things have changed since Trump came to office. That's just simply the pace of technological change. More and more government activities are going online. And for me, it's not in this report, but this is my own personal viewpoint, we're using the internet for purposes for which it was not designed, right? So it was designed originally to enable quick messages to be sent between US defence centres in the event of a surprise Soviet attack. The scientists who came up with the idea asked if they could use it to communicate between American campuses so this is the basis of today's email and then it has just grown very rapidly but we but we never designed the internet for banking or other commercial activities or watching movies or watching tv programs it's not designed for that so it's a very weak spinal column it's like getting an ordinary person and giving them more and more weights to carry eventually the um, skeleton will just give away. So in the four years that Trump was in office, this is not nothing, no reflection on Trump himself, it just shows that um, there's going to be cyber warfare now in, increasingly as a field of conflict between the United States and the Soviet Union, nor, uh, sorry, Russia, and, uh, and China, North Korea, Iran, and everybody's trying to wreck everybody else's computer systems and of course in the United States we've had now this uh, what's called the solar winds hacking which has been traced back to Moscow which has now been confirmed that the Kremlin successfully breached US government information technology systems for several months before it was found out including perhaps the command and control systems for nuclear weapons
0: you're joking <laughs>
1: how this is incredible as i say we're using this system for purposes for which it was not designed that that's the inherent for me the inherent vulnerability i keep going back to that because you get all these young it evangelists who tell us that information technology is going to be so good it's going to end the drought it's going to heal the sick it's going to raise the dead and yet i keep coming across all these disasters you know we've we've had in australia we've had this so-called robo debt crisis where a government algorithm Calculated how much people need to repay the government out of their way welfare payments. No evidence was provided that they had actually been overpaid. We've had people who going. To, I think we've had a suicide. We had people seriously ill because they couldn't challenge the algorithm. And in the Netherlands, in the last couple of weeks, a government that had something similar as a scandal, although on a smaller scale, has just resigned. The entire government resigned here in Australia. Our politicians just move on to the next mistake. But in in the Netherlands, clearly the government decided to resign. So we, my worry is the government is making more and more use of information technology, being driven by the, the pace of technology. And the problem for the Biden administration is that they need to respond to the Russian hacking. As this report says, the greater risk for the Biden administration is not responding and allowing Russia to continue offensive cyber operations, paving the way for others to follow suit. So in other words, we're going to get an arms race in cyberspace. That's what it boils down to. An arms race is never end well. And don't forget your your MasterCard payment system will That's t-
0: what I mean. My little <laughs> banking thing. Your little, all your banking on your details. Phone, you know? Yeah.
1: Yep, they could all be wiped out.
0: But in saying that, oh, wiped out as they're not hacked.
1: Well, it could be hacked, or they could just destroy the communication satellite.
0: So you go back to square one, and going into the little bank,
1: you go into the which is what I've always done.
0: I bet you were one of them in my I local am, area. Exactly. All the all the oldies are there waiting at the door when the bank opens. We'll go back to that day.
1: Exactly, except of course banks have gone down that cyber route as well. Mm. So their own back offices will be affected,
0: and they've also cut back on the amount of physical offices they have yeah. too and yeah.
1: branches. So, the third problem for Biden is this one of cyber warfare. A fourth one, notice where it figures on the list. I think people would probably put it higher up. But the fourth one is what's called an assertive China. So, um, we've had um, China becoming increasingly aggressive in its public diplomacy. Uh, this is what's called the Wolf Warrior diplomacy. Wolf Warrior is a TV series very popular in China about how the Chinese rather than Hollywood actors save the world. And so we're, we're now getting the United, uh, getting China feeling as though it can take a far more aggressive stand. So we've had a crackdown in Hong Kong. We've had the increased militarization in the South China Sea. And there's also, of course, the risk that China poses to the island of Taiwan. And then on top of that, the Biden administration is also going to get, be in collision because of the support for the Uyghur Muslims in northwestern China, where the um, Biden administration will have to uh, build upon this determination that China's treatment of Uyghur Muslims constitutes a genocide, and that then has all sorts of implications for American law about how they can trade with a country that's committing committing genocide. So you've got that. You've also, of course, got the risk of a flare-up between India and China, so whom does the United States support in, in that uh, context as well? And it's going to get even more interesting because India is about to join the UN Security Council for the next two years as a non-permanent member. So it'll be in a good position to uh, fight it out with China. So, so, so- that, that's the fourth risk. Keep an eye on China. They- and remember, China is our major trading partner. We don't want anything unpleasant to happen to China.
0: Well, that's the thing. So how do, we, how do we even attempt to approach that kind of issue as Australians?
1: Well, the problem is that we're divided. We're all over the place. You've got some part of the Department of Foreign Affairs saying we've got to support the Americans. We've got to take a hard line. So this is an issue that would have continued whether or not Trump had been re-elected. Right? Trump identified China as a problem. Biden agrees with that assessment. He's probably less abrasive in his public comments, but essentially it's the same argument, that China is now the new challenger to American dominance. Uh, and so you've got some people in the Department of Foreign Affairs in Canberra who are saying we have to support the United States through thick and thin. But you've got others with more of a trade and economic focus who are saying, no, let's um, focus on China. That's the future of the world, not the Americans.
0: And you've got... Well, New Zealand, who have just landed a very good deal with them in terms of trade, and that and that's been that, they're saying that it's because of their diplomacy and lack of judgment on China. <laughs>
1: exactly. Do you that's, think? It's very smart Kiwis, yeah. Plus, of course, they're not nearly so dependent on the United States. So effectively the ANSYS military alliance between Australia, New Zealand and the United States ended 40 years ago. We don't say that publicly because we don't want to scare Australians. But there is no effective defence alliance involving New Zealand. New Zealand has gone its own way on defence, uh, although there's still intelligence cooperation, which doesn't get told to the politicians. But that the intelligence agencies are still cooperating through Five Eyes. But New Zealand has is, is decided it's going to be much more friendly towards China and not indulge in the sort of criticism that they've made of, of China, say, over the COVID crisis, which Scott Morrison did at the beginning of last year. But they still look like they're doing okay. And and New Zealand's doing very well, thank Mm. you. And China has also recovered from a lot of that COVID crisis. And that, by the way, is the fifth problem for the um, Biden administration that's identified by the Sufan Centre, that because of the COVID crisis, the global economy will just continue to, to splutter along. Some countries doing better than others, perhaps. And the whole issue of vaccine distribution at home, When you think back to how America was so efficient in World War II and now you look at it and it can't even roll out a vaccination program effectively. It it just, you know, if if you're China, you'd have to be rubbing your hands with glee saying, look, we just stand back and we just like, uh, just watch the United States collapse in on itself. Remember, suicides die through, sorry, empires die through suicides, not murder. In other words, they don't get beaten in wars. They just lose the power and the capacity to keep running themselves and they just fall in on themselves. And the great worry that we've got for the United States is whether they're reaching that capacity where they're just going to continue their decline downhill. The warning I keep giving people is that if you're very happy about a decline of America, don't think the world's necessarily going to be better under Chinese domination.
0: So true. And uh, uh, importantly, watch this space the next couple of months, see how Biden tackles some of these issues.
1: Exactly. Keep an eye open.
0: This has been Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. It's recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Producer is me, Kate Mack. Production assistance by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. And for more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.